Well, before we begin our Torah study, can we pray together? Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kidshenu b'mitzvotav, vetzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This is a special weekend. We're in the second reading of Deuteronomy. And we are also celebrating the special Shabbat called Nachmu, which means comfort. It's a command word, comfort, comfort my people. And this is the first Shabbat after Tisha B'Av, which is a time where we focus on mourning before the Lord, a time of great uh, soberness and seriousness, and a time for intercession as well. But following that, we, we change our tone and we look for the comfort of God and there will be a series of Shabbats as we're preparing for the high holidays that do focus on the mercy and the comfort of God. You know, there are times when you can get so serious with God and, and you realize just how holy he is and how unholy we are. And that can actually... Uh, you can get an overdose on that because it's important to remember the kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or what you drink, but it's righteousness, yes, and it's peace, and it is also joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we need to, to receive comfort from the Lord. We need to receive comfort in order to give comfort, and we need to receive God's tender mercies in order to know that, that even though he is the king of kings and he is the righteous and utterly holy one, he's also our father. And he has a love for us and a desire for us to be close to him. And so despite our failures, despite our weaknesses, he looks into the tender places of our hearts and he wants us to draw close to him. Now, this week we also read one of the most familiar passages that is in the Torah, and it's a passage that contains text that we use in, in the congregation at every single service. And the text is also something that we are just very familiar with. We recite it constantly. It's featured widely in the Brit HaChadashah, the New Covenant Scriptures. So I actually want to look, not at the text in Deuteronomy, but on one of Yeshua's commentaries on today's Torah portion. You can find it in, in Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 12, starting in verse 28. Mark 12, 28. One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that Yeshua had answered them well, asked Yeshua this question. Which is the first commandment of all, or what is the greatest commandment? And Yeshua answered him, the first of all the commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, how would you say that in Hebrew? Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. And he didn't stop there. He continued with the Ve'ahavta. Verse 30 has that. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. This is the greatest commandment. So when Yeshua is answering this question, he is keeping the Shema 
join together with the ve'ahavta. The Shema is that part that says, listen. Now, if, if you're sitting near someone, just look at their ear for a minute. Just look at it. If, it's hard to do it when they're both looking, when two of you are looking together, you see each other's eyes. But look at the ear and take notice. This is the part that, that God is speaking to. Listen, listen carefully, pay close attention. But then in verse 30, the second part of the command is this, love. Now, it then tells us which parts to use. Love the Lord your God with all of your theology. It actually doesn't say that. With all of your doctrine. No. With all of your good religious being. No. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Have you ever asked yourself or thought about why does it start there with the heart? I think it's, it's because the heart can be the hardest thing to bring into submission to God and to bring into a right relationship with God. Sometimes, especially for guys, it's easier to think about God than it is to open our hearts to him. But once you give him your heart, you can give him the rest. With all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, this is the greatest commandment. So Yeshua answers this question definitively. What is the greatest commandment? He's not wishy-washy in any, any way. He's not indecisive. And, and neither is he antinomian. You know what that means? Without the law or against the law of God. So when, when someone says to you, oh, you're, you're legalistic, why? Because you're in a Jewish congregation. You can say, oh, so you think that, that the commands of God are legalistic by their very nature. Or you think all things Jewish are legalistic. That's what you're saying. So interesting that someone would think like that. I actually think that's legalistic myself. But Yeshua is definitive in, in his position. He does not say, well, I'm not sure about commandments. You know, they can be taken too far or this or that. But nor does he enter into some of the opinions that other Jewish leaders might have of that time or other leaders of sects or small groups who might say that one thing or another is the greatest commandment. I mean, in our congregation, I hope we would know what a good answer is to this question, what's the greatest commandment? But I can tell you, sometimes people are tempted to think, oh, if you wear the right Jewish clothes, you're doing the best thing. I, I was in Azerbaijan, in, which is a uh, almost exclusively Muslim country, except in the mountains of Azerbaijan, there is a relatively ancient Jewish community, people who trace their roots back to the exile to uh, Babylon. And they never came back to Israel from there. They just stayed there and stayed in that area and settled eventually in the mountains. Fascinating story. But I was talking to one of the Jewish leaders there and I, he said to me that... Uh, you know, the Shabbat was most important. I said, well, what do you think is the most important commandment of all? And he said, the Shabbat. 
Keep the Shabbat, because without the Shabbat, we would have disappeared. The Shabbat has kept the Jewish people. It's the most important thing. I said, that's, a, that's an interesting answer. I, I told him, I, I heard a rabbi who was asked that question give a different answer. And he said, well, what, what is that? I said, well, this rabbi said that the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and then to love your neighbors yourself. And, and the Jewish leader in the mountains of Azerbaijan said, well, I like that answer even more. You see, Yeshua speaks right to the Jewish heart when he says this. What is the most important thing is to listen to God and to love him. That's the most important. And then, like any good Jewish teacher, he doesn't want to make just one point, he's got another one. Verse 31. And the second, the one you didn't ask about, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. And then he says, there's no other commandment that's greater than these. Now, one of the ways to protect yourself from um, imbalance or over-focus on, on any teaching is to keep these two right in mind. In the book of Matthew, it has another detail uh, that Yeshua communicated about this passage. He says, upon these two commandments hang all of the Torah and the prophets. In other words, everything that you're reading in Torah will be understood better if you get these two right. Another way of saying it is, if you don't get these two right, you know what? You won't get anything right. You'll, you'll misunderstand all the commandments. So he says the second commandment is also important, and he joins them together. You see, love directed at people, that is part of the message. God is love, he wants us to love him, but he doesn't want it to stop there. Now, you, I know, I think why Yeshua joins these together, it's because we tend to separate them. And when we do, we get confused. But the apostles taught us as well, do not separate these commandments, even though they are distinct, even though they stand on their own, they work together. And if you love God, or say you do, but you don't love people, you know what, it's not authentic love. But on the other hand, if all you do is love people, but you have no love for God, you know what? That's not the highest love. The highest love, the greatest love, brings together a love for God and a love for people. It's actually the essence of faith. Now, Yeshua's particular view of Jewish faith is that these two parts go together. He sees them as united. He sees them as two sides of a whole and that they work together. And so he's communicating. And do you remember who he's talking to in this passage? Who's he dialoguing with? Call it out loud. I can't hear you. Anybody. A scribe. There you go. One of the scribes. One of the scribes is talking to him. Verse 32 tells us the scribe's response. The scribe says to him, Well done. Well said, teacher. 
You've spoken the truth, for there is one God and there's no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one neighbor, one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. The scribe agrees with Yeshua on these points. This is so interesting because the scribe is testing Yeshua and says, what do you think? Yeshua answers well, and then the scribe steps back and says, good answer, you said it well. And the scribe focuses on the unity of God and being devoted to God, loving him with all that we are and loving God and loving others. He says, this is really the essence of the life of faith. Now, look at Yeshua's response. When Yeshua saw that the scribe answered wisely, do you get that? The scribe saw that Yeshua answered well, and then Yeshua saw that the scribe answered well. Yeshua said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. That was a great compliment. That is a very different view than many have about scribes. This is presenting the scribe. This scribe is a man of faith and love and devotion to God. And, and it shows something else, that Yeshua's teaching, his teachings fit into this man's Jewishness. When the man heard Yeshua's teachings, he said, yes, that's good. And when Yeshua saw that this scribe understood, he said, yeah, that's good. You're, you're, you're close to the kingdom of God. And the passage ends with this one statement, after that, no one dared ask Yeshua any more questions. Any testing questions. I like this passage. It's a commentary on something. When we're reading Torah every week, sometimes we can, we can get dull, we can become over-familiar, we can say things by rote and habit and sort of tune out the mind. But when you tune out the mind and you're just using your mouth, you're not fulfilling the great commandment, are you? which is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. But if you don't bring your mind and you don't bring your heart, you don't bring all of your soul and your strength into your worship and service to God, you're just going through the motions. You're acting in a religious way, but it's not really a pleasing way to God. It doesn't really get you anywhere. So it, it's, it's so important for us not to become so familiar that we tune things out. We have to learn to concentrate. How many of you have raised little kids? Have you ever had little kids say, look at me? Watch me? Have you ever had a little child come up to you to ask you a question? And they wouldn't let it go until they got the answer from you. Honey, I'm busy, wait. Mommy... Daddy, I want to know, when can I go outside? When can I do this? Wait, okay. Now? <laughs> you see, one of, the, one of the beauties of little children is that they, even though they're young, they, they keep their attention focused on what they want and what they're looking for. I see a teacher, Caroline, you know how kids can be. 
They can really persevere. And they, and they can really pay attention. You know, there are a lot of folks who think that the kids of this generation have no attention span. I don't actually think it's true. Because I look at the size of books that kids are buying these days and reading, whether you like the books or not, I see lots of kids with books with 500, 600, 700 pages. They read them, they go through them, and then they get the next one. And they consume books. And they watch movies, long movies, long movies. (laughs) Movies that I sleep through. They're paying attention to. And then little kids can absorb things. Have you, ever, have you ever said something in front of a child and then they repeated it to your embarrassment? Yeah. And you didn't realize how quickly those words were going into their little hearts and their little minds. But isn't it true that the kids can be like parrots sometimes, but deeper than that? You see, they keep paying attention. And that shows us something. You and I have the capacity to continue to pay attention. Not to tune out, not to become dull, but to learn to be sharp before the Lord. To listen, to come with listening ears. To be attentive, to pay, to give our strength to trying to hear what God is wanting to say to us. Listen, he says. Listen. You see, you could get so dull because you're familiar. Oh, we sang the Shema last week. (laughs) And we sang it the week before. For that matter, we sang it the week before. And we'll sing it tomorrow. And we'll we'll do it consistently and constantly. And you might say, oh, come on, I'm tired of that. And Yeshua says, you know, this is the most important commandment. This is the most important commandment and you're tired of it already. Don't allow yourself to become fatigued about the things that require your attention. Allow yourself to to be fresh and new and to listen and to, to give new vitality to you. The Lord is so good to us. He loves us so much. Yeshua points all these things out because he wants us to keep priorities really, really clear. Whenever our heart is in love with God, you know what, things will go well with us. And when our heart is willing and desiring to show the love to other people that we have received from God, it will go well with us too. We become impatient with people when we forget the kindnesses of God and the mercies of God to us. We become harsh with people, hard with them, when we think somehow we are better and we deserve to be treated well, and they don't. It goes well for us when we think more highly of others than we think of ourselves, when we spend ourselves on God and make ourselves available to him. I was rejoicing Sunday when we and so many other people were we're working on the Corshans house and getting things taken care of and set up. And one of the things that impressed me most is the attention to detail that people paid. And they were, they were putting things in order the way they would for people that they love. Giving their best effort. Not trying to run through the motions, but 
I asked myself, now where does that kind of effort come from? And I saw it all over the place in every kind of person. And I realized, you know where it comes from? When you do your work as unto the Lord. When you serve and you realize, I'm serving the Lord this way. In everything that you're doing, you're serving the Lord. You, you could be doing something very technical, or you could be doing something very dirty. You could be changing a diaper in the nursery, and you could be serving the Lord. There could be a breakthrough in your life that you couldn't even imagine that simply came because you made yourself available to serve God in some capacity that you didn't even realize was important to him. Recently, I've had a number of experiences with some of the, the children in the congregation. And I've enjoyed just seeing them, talking to them, and seeing what makes them happy and what makes them irritated. The strengths that they have and the imagination they have. And to have shared experiences is, is really, I think, important. Not just for me, but for you too. I've got, I've got friends who are adults now who I taught when they were little kids. And I valued them when they were little kids. And I, I remember putting effort into teaching a Shabbat school class or even a Sunday school class for little ones. And I thought, this is worthwhile. I'm going to give my best effort to it. And some of those kids have grown up. They're adults now. They have families, some of them. And they're still friends. And we have a lasting bond. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. I mean, there are times when I come here on Shabbat and I think, I'm going to the Shabbat school. You've heard enough. I'm going to put some effort in to the young ones. I hope I hope you understand something, that you could serve God with your whole heart. You could serve him with joy. Everything you do from the most mundane to the most significant can be done as service to the Lord. And then you know what the benefit is? You get joy back. You get a reward from the Lord, knowing that you pleased him, that what you did was pleasing to him. And I believe this, as we're in the weekend, the first weekend of comfort, that showing God love and showing people love will actually cause you to draw closer to the Lord and to people, and then to experience the joy that comes from that. God knows how to bring hidden joys to you. He's storing things up for you. He knows what you need. He knows there are people in your life who need comfort that comes from your attention, from your love. And he knows this, if you don't experience it, you won't be able to give it away. Unless you receive comfort, unless you receive love from God, you won't be able to give it freely to other people. But if you do experience it, you can give it freely away. The amazing thing about love is when you give it away, you still have it. When you give it away, it grows in you. And when, you, when it grows in you, it multiplies. 
there is a, a great joy in being in the body of Messiah and in belonging to the Lord. Because we, we have, because of our relationship with God, we have the ability to find the most meaningful, satisfying, purposeful life that's possible. You could be looking all over for other things. And you could have a great job, you could have a great education, you could have great stuff, but if you don't have the greatness of that intimacy with God, everything else is gonna be a little bit smaller, a little bit more empty, a little bit less important to you. I decided this weekend I was gonna I was gonna comfort myself. And I was gonna do it in a simple way. I was gonna remind myself of the kindnesses of God to me. And I knew this, when I remind myself of God's kindness to me, it makes me feel better. And when I feel that, I have more to share with other people. Well, right now I'm feeling great, even though I went back to the gym this week and my Russian trainer showed me a small measure of mercy, but not too much. So when I went back this morning for the second time, he said, how do you feel, do you hurt? And I said, only in my body. And he said, good, let's start again. Well, I'm excited because so many good things are happening. Little boys are being born, people are getting married, the Corsians are moving from Ukraine. It's a great time, isn't it? And I know you've got challenges in your life, we all do. But if you can look at those challenges and remember the goodness of God and communicate that goodness to, to other people, you might find your way through these challenges too. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your mercy. You told us that on this day we should comfort and keep comforting your people. And to tell Jerusalem to take heart and to proclaim to her that she's completed her time of service, that her guilt has been paid for, that she's received at the hand of Adonai twice for all of her sins. And you say to bring good news to Zion, to get ourselves up on high mountains and to bring good news to Jerusalem and to cry out at the top of our voice and say, don't be afraid. Judah, here is your God. We thank you, Lord, that you come with power, that your reward is with you, and that you are like a shepherd feeding your flock, gathering your lambs, gently leading them. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for watching over us, and thank you for being faithful to Israel. We pray for Israel. We pray for your mercy to her. We pray for your kindness, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. I want to close with this prayer for the state of Israel, those of us who were at the Solidarity event this week, this past Sunday at uh, Jacksonville Jewish Center, 
This was a prayer for the state of Israel that we all participated in. Maybe you could just stand with me and we don't have copies for you, but if these capture what's in your heart, you can say amen. Our Father in heaven, rock and redeemer of the people Israel, bless the state of Israel with its promise of redemption, shield it with your love, spread over it the shelter of your peace. Guide its leaders and advisors with your light and your truth. Help them with your good counsel. Strengthen the hands of those who defend our holy land. Deliver them. Crown their efforts with triumph. Bless the land with peace and its inhabitants with lasting joy. And let us say together, amen. Amen. Let's close with Aaron's blessing with you. Please rise if you're not already standing. If you're standing by yourself, you can fix that. Find another person who's alone and move towards them. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.